Glasses Shop offers prescription, flu blockers, sunglasses, and readers for the whole family. Their online selection of more than a thousand frames is updated regularly. Shop with confidence by using their virtual try-on feature to choose the frames that fit your style. They have the best quality eyewear at affordable prices. I have a pretty strong prescription and for the lenses alone, it is about $700. And then with the frames, it would be close to or over $1,000. And I don't have insurance. So um, I'll ask for a printout of my prescription and then I'll find my glasses on Glasses Shop. I think I've paid $150 at the most and that was for glasses and sunglasses. So really great prices and they're, they are really good quality. Get your first pair free with code FIRSTFREE. Link is in the description. Welcome to another episode. I hope you're having a wonderful November. On October 1st, 1985, Michelle, who went by Missy, went out with some friends at a nearby park. She told her mom that she would call her later and check in. Missy never came home. The friend that picked her up said that Missy had left the park with three young men in a blue Camaro and that she didn't know any of the men. Three days later, Missy's body was found in a stream in Tohunga Lake Canyon in California. The investigation soon became a cold case and it was solved three years later when someone who had witnessed the murder came forward to tell what really happened. Missy was born on February 8, 1968. Her mother was Irene and her father was Ernie Sr. They divorced when Missy was young. Missy was raised in the San Fernando Valley in California. She lived with her mother, Irene, and three brothers, Ernie Jr., Chris, and Mac. She went to San Fernando High School and was very popular. She was a beautiful girl, which drew attention from many boys and made many girls envious. Missy was bullied a lot as a kid, but she always had one friend who would always stand up for her and that was Karen. They had known each other since they were eight years old. Karen was tough and would physically confront anyone who bullied Missy. Missy was bullied at school because of her looks and Karen was bullied for her appearance as well, but because she was much taller than the other girls and she had a bigger body type. Karen became pregnant when she was 14 years old and dropped out of school temporarily. Karen and Missy's friendship weakened because they weren't seeing each other as often 
and Missy made new friends, which made Karen sad and jealous. Missy began dating Randy um, their junior year of high school, or the 11th grade. Randy had a reputation of being a bad boy who was always partying. After a month, Missy ended their relationship with Randy because he was always partying. <laughs> um, Karen started dating Randy short, shortly after the breakup. Karen and Randy would eventually move in together. Karen returned to school following her pregnancy, stating that Missy cared more about boys than their friendship. She later started a rumor that Missy had been having sex with various boys. Many of them had girlfriends. As a result, Missy was beaten um, up by a group of girls who accused her of sleeping with their boyfriends. Karen and Missy and Randy all went to a party one night, and Karen glances over and sees Randy talking to Missy, and he was pulling Missy onto his lap. Missy told Randy to leave her alone and that she was not interested. Missy then went to Karen and told Karen what happened and advised her to end her relationship. But Karen continued to date Randy, and she stopped communicating with Missy. Instead of putting the blame on Randy, Karen put the blame on Missy. Missy and Karen were always skipping school, which affected their grades. In order to graduate, they had to transfer from San Fernando High School to another school to try to keep their grades up. They met Laura while attending this new school. They already knew each other because they grew up living on the same street and they had been friends since they were eight, but Missy and Karen had lost touch with Laura over the past few years. On September 23, 1985, 10 days before Missy's disappearance, a witness saw Karen and Missy getting into a physical altercation in a park. Karen threatened Missy with an empty beer bottle. She then threw Missy to the ground and began pushing and slapping her. Missy's mother, Irene, says that Missy and Karen's arguments were always about boys. Irene said that she was aware of Missy's and Karen's fight because Missy told her about it. Karen and Missy had not spoken to each other for about a month before this altercation. Irene said Karen came to the house two weeks before Missy died um, to talk about her daughter. Karen was telling Irene a bunch of dirty things that Missy supposedly did with boys and that she stole everyone's boyfriends and she was a big flirt, drinking and doing drugs. Irene was not interested in hearing these details about her daughter. Irene and Missy had a good relationship and good communication and Irene didn't really believe the things Karen was telling her. Missy told her mother that she was going to hang out 
with Laura on October the 2nd, 1985. Laura picked her up about at about 3.30 in the afternoon. Missy told her mother that she and Laura were going to a park together and that she wouldn't co- contact her um, later that day to check in. This was back in the day before cell phones. The park they were headed to is called Annulus National Forest, and it was not an, an, an unusual spot for them to hang out, party, socialize. So when Irene heard that that's where they were going, she wasn't really surprised or anything. Irene received a phone call from Laura at 6 p.m. that day. Laura asked if she could speak with Missy. Irene was confused because they were supposed to be together. Laura tells Irene that they did not go to Annulus National Forest. Laura then tells Irene that she dropped Missy off at another park and witnessed her getting into a blue Camaro with three boys. Laura claimed that she dropped Missy off because she needed gas and that she left Missy with the three strangers and then was going to go get gas and then she returned and Missy was no longer there. Irene filed a missing persons report for Missy the next morning. Two days later, on October 5th, 1985, Missy's body was discovered face down in a creek. Her hair was cut and a four-inch log was on her head. The hikers who found her thought it was a mannequin that was in the water, but once they got closer, they realized it was an actual person. The autopsy report determined the cause of death was drowning. Through this tragic situation, Irene, Missy's mom, uh, Laura and Karen became extremely close. They did everything together, including searching for the blue Carmero, which was never found. Karen and Laura attended Missy's funeral. Laura sent Irene a condolence card with $20 in the card. Both Karen and Laura cooperated with authorities. Karen moved into Irene's house after Missy's funeral, and Karen became obsessed with Missy's case. She would visit Missy's grave several times a week. She covered the walls of the bedroom with Missy's picture and newspaper clippings. She would go to the creek where Missy's body was discovered. Karen also told Irene that she once saw Missy's ghost. Karen later claimed that uh, she never lived with Missy's family, but instead paid them frequent visits. Karen claimed that her ulterior reasons for helping Missy's family was that she wanted to know how the police investigation was going, who the suspects were, and what evidence they found. I honestly don't know what's worse, that she moved in or that she was there for that information. 
Uh, the police only had one story to go on. Laura's story of Missy leaving with the three boys in the blue Camaro. No leads were coming in and the young men or the Camaro were never found. <clears throat> three years later, in July 1988, a girl named Ava came forward to the authorities. She told them she was with Karen, Laura, and Missy at the park the night Missy went missing. Ava said on October 2nd, Laura went to pick up Missy, but she was not alone. Ava and Karen were following behind in their own car. According to Ava, Laura, Missy, and Karen left the car and began heading into the wooded area. Ava remained in the car. When Karen and Laura came back to the car, Ava asked where Missy was. The girls flatly said, she's dead, we killed her. And then they left the park. Ava lost her brother unexpectedly. So, so she knew what it was like to mourn someone close to her. And she knew Missy's, like, had an idea of what, how Missy's mother was feeling and decided to tell police what really happened the day Missy died. When Karen and Laura were arrested and charged with first-degree murder, people began to talk about Karen and Laura's relationship with Missy. People claimed Karen was definitely jealous. Missy was prettier, she had a lot of friends, Karen was always fighting, she had to prove something all the time, and Missy was just herself. Karen had a strange obsession with Missy. If another girl wanted to be Missy's friend, Karen was very possessive and would make sure that girl would not get close to Missy. Karen said that she had a grudge against Missy for years. She stated that the three of them began walking in the wooded area and at some point Missy sat down and refused to travel any farther which other friends said that just does not seem like her. Karen stated that she and Laura took turns cutting off pieces of Missy's long brown hair while the other held Missy down. Instead of crying like Karen wanted, Missy was screaming and arguing with them. Karen stated that Laura began backing into the creek and told Missy to join her. Missy flatly refused. Missy's back was to Karen, and Laura was in front of Missy, so Missy was trapped between the two of them. Karen pushed Missy into the creek, and Laura tied Missy's hands behind her back and began holding her underwater. Karen stated that Laura would pull Missy up from the water she would look her in the eyes and then put her head back in the water. Instead of helping Missy, Karen walked back to the car, leaving Laura to murder Missy. Neither, 
sorry, neither of them fessed up to putting the log on Missy's head. But investigators say that the log was very heavy and that two people definitely had to lift it. In March 1990, Karen and Laura were convicted of second-degree murder and sentenced to 15 years in prison. The jury was not convinced that the murder was planned, so they were charged with second-degree murder rather than first-degree murder. That doesn't make sense to me. It sounds like it was planned. Karen served 23 and a half years and was released on December 9, 2011. Laura served 22 years and was released in December 2012. When Karen was released from prison, she published two books. One was called Hope Beyond Walls, published June 2013, and the other was called My Life, I Lived It, published two days before Missy's death anniversary in 2014. Karen wrote the book while in prison, and there was also an agreement to make a film about the case. She stated that half of the proceeds from the book would go towards the film. I didn't read the book. Normally I do, but I don't know. But um, things that I've read, um, people said that the book claimed that Karen is not sorry for what she did and that she kind of has a victim mentality. Missy's family sued Karen in 2015 and she no longer receives any earnings from the book. In October 2015, the state of California passed Missy's Law, which prohibits convicted criminals from profiting from their crimes. Karen is an anti-bully advocate and goes to schools lecturing about the consequences of bullying. I'm not sure where Laura is, but with the uh, the few things that I found, it just seems like she's not remorseful and she also has a victim mentality as well. The true victim, of course, is Missy, who would have been 55 in 2023. She was not able to do so many things in life, like graduate high school and go to college, fall in love, start a family, and have genuine friends who did not envy her, but would see her and her friendship as a gift. Thank you for listening.